0: Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Points. And today we've got a uh, q and A. Well, we've got some questions from Instagram that we put out over the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to answer some of those questions and just talk and this to the point about it a little bit. So Nick, let's hear some of these questions. Well,
1: how about we start with the one that like is going to take you to answer? Okay. Yeah. So, um well, actually, hold on. Let me let me make sure before because it was your the one from your cousin. Like Mason, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I think the question I asked was, like, what did you want to hear us talk about? I don't know if it was to the point, but uh, it was the one about the NFL. Why can I not? There it is. So the question I asked was, um, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I said, what topics would you like to see us cover in the next to the point? I I couldn't remember if I was asking like a a specific episode on just that one thing. Mm -hmm. So I said, what topics would you like to see us cover in the next point? And uh, your cousin Mason said, the NFL season. And I said, that's going to have to be on date because Nick does not watch the NFL. Yeah. So, well, take it away.
0: Football was back today. Chiefs came out the gate and surprised me. You know, like I figured that they would be decent. And I actually believe that they were going to be better without Tyreek Hill and all this and that, and they proved to be better. Um, They kind of smoked the Cardinals in the opener. I mean, it was never a question; that they were going to win that game. And I can't remember what was the final score: forty-three to fourteen, or twenty-one, one of two. But the Cardinals scored a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter that, in mop-up time when nobody was playing anymore, so. I think the Chiefs are going to be pretty good this year. Um, Tony Romo said it in the broadcast. He's like, man, the, the Chiefs are going to be a juggernaut this year. Not the kind of juggernaut in the past where they're just hitting 50 yard bombs, Tyreek kill. It's going to be the type of juggernaut team where they can do whatever they want to you whenever they want to you. And that excited me because I, I, the Chiefs got a good old line and they got, um, a solid young defense that's playing fast. They were playing some good football today. And they did a really good job on a quick quarterback in Kyler Murray. And, I don't know, I'm just excited about watching some Chiefs football, man. Are
1: you Uh, sure you you want to trust Tony Romo's analysis? I mean, he couldn't really do much with I, You know, sometimes I
0: like Tony Romo, sometimes I don't. (laughs) Some of his little quirky little comments in the games, I'm like, come on, man. Let's move on from that.
1: Uh, that, That's about the extent of my NFL knowledge. And Mason's
0: a fanboy for Tony Romo because he's a Cowboys fan, so...
1: Oh, so me talking crap on Tony Romo is probably not a good thing?
0: Oh, yeah, you start talking about Tony Romo and those Cowboy fans and start pitching tents, man.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I I get, like, the hometown team and wanting to support your hometown team because, like, a lot of people will bandwagon teams, but Mm -hmm. you know they really haven't put um, much of anything together really ever. I mean, they (laughs) – what was it? Did they make playoffs last year, I think, and
0: lost in the first round or something like that? They've been right there, but they've always had some – Injuries that kind of messed him up. And.
1: Who's the, uh, who's you think, the Chiefs' main competition?
0: Mm, uh, the Bills looked really good Thursday night. And they will be, my guess is it's the Chiefs-Bills and the AFC Championship game, and that'll be a hell of a game. They looked awesome coming out of gates too. They smoked the Rams, and the Rams were the Super Bowl champs from last year. So, I mean, they just put it on them. Um, that'll be, when the Bills and Chiefs play, that'll be electric.
1: Do so they have like a lot of new talent, whereas the Rams didn't because they didn't get the draft picks the same way? Not
0: necessarily. I think the the Bills, they added—actually, they took a player from the Rams. Vaughn Miller moved over from the Rams to the Bills for the defense, and the Bills' defense played a lot better against the run, and the Rams had no running game. And Honestly, um, Matthew, Matt Stafford didn't play worth a shit for the Rams either. He threw two or three picks— just wasn't a solid game by the Rams. They weren't they didn't come out firing on all cylinders like the Bills did.
1: So you're saying a bad day to have uh, Stafford on your fantasy football team? Yep. Really bad day.
0: Yep, and I think today was a bad day to have Aaron Rodgers too, who he's my quarterback
1: and Um, somebody was I was I was watching a thing while I was in the gym about there was somebody that was like his main receiver, was on like was injured and it was unknown if he was gonna play uh today. Like, his main receiver. I don't remember the guy's name. <clears throat> but it was like Aaron Rodgers was quoted as saying that, like, he was his number one, like, go-to receiver.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh, had 195 yards and an interception.
1: He scored me 3.7 points.
0: So, virtually nothing. Fantasy team's rough this week. Um, Second-highest score for my team was Pittsburgh's defense. So, that's never a good week.
1: <laughs>
0: so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited football's back. Love watching it. K State, they put it on Mizzou, their old conference rival, just mopped them up and down the field. It was awesome to watch. Who
1: did they play last week uh-huh. while we were in Manhattan? Who was it? I was just curious. I didn't know if you knew because uh, Scott was making references to like traffic was going to be like terrible right yeah. outside that gym because it was like that. That Kansas 18 Highway or whatever mm-hmm. that runs through there, so like that's like the main thoroughfare or whatever mm-hmm. for all the traffic coming in for the game. So I was just curious. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. You don't really have to look it up. I just it's too
0: late now. I'm like on it.
1: <laughs> I'm invested. This is happening. Uh, South Dakota. And did they win that one too? Yeah, they beat them
0: 34-0. I would guess they'll be ranked this next week after beating Missouri. I don't know. I'm a football guy played football for a long time and i just just like to watch it i don't really watch any other sports i'll watch a little bit of college basketball but for the most part it's nfl and ncaa
1: yeah i'm just not a big fan of the nfl and that was and this this was post or previous to the whole like kneeling for the flag thing like so i didn't i didn't just bandwagon that i mean that necessarily didn't make me happy either but you know just my thing of of uh, the the accountability in the NFL doesn't seem to be quite where it needs to be when it comes to the, some of the players uh, because, you know, they do make millions of dollars. There have been a couple that have been arrested and have been told I mean, you DeJuan, know, not to play. Deshaun
0: Watson had like 26 sexual assault charges against him and is still starting in the NFL. They're yeah. like a six-game suspension slap on the wrist.
1: Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm not going to support, and I'm just doing that like voting with my dollar thing. Of course, obviously the NFL is doing very well without me, yeah, right? Does, yeah, <laughs> but it's just one of them a personal choice for me. It's just a it's just a a, a values thing, I guess, for me. So nope. I just don't watch them. I understand that. Like if I was over at your house, I wouldn't be like, I'm not watching this. Uh, you need to turn the channel, or you know something like that. But like I don't seek it out. Yeah, you know. I feel that. Um. So one of the uh, next questions would be. Uh so we had a question about like a uh, work life balance stuff like that. Um I think we we we've, we've already touched on that there's an actual episode called the work life balance. Uh so I think we would kind of be beating our heads against a the wall there. But one of the other things that was came from uh Nelson Riemenschneider Schneider would be uh talking about the metaverse. So let's hear your away. thoughts first. Um so the first thing is I um I spent time playing video games you know um mm-hmm. and i and i know it's not the same right it's not exactly the same but similar um so i i really like losing myself in tv and stuff like that occasionally but i see this like um
0: so the metaverse i guess let's start from the beginning oh okay sorry do you want to kind of like explain it to me um like is it like cuz i thought that like video games was a part of the metaverse and like everything you watch on netflix and this and that um or is it something that's like its own, like, what is it, Ready Player One, you know, like where you log on like that? Is that kind of the theory on the metaverse?
1: Or Yeah, so basically, if you, uh, here, let me just read the definition here. Um, In futurism and science fiction, the metaverse is a hypothetical hypothetical iteration of the internet as a single universal and immersive virtual world that is facil- facilitated by the use of virtual reality and augmented reality headsets and quoccal use. A metaverse is a network of 3D virtual worlds focused on social connection. So like one of the things you'll see is, you know, the the, the 3D headsets you can wear. Mm-hmm. So rather than sitting down like this and having a conversation in a room of you and I getting together, I can put on a 3D headset and sit down in a conference, quote unquote conference room with other people, look around, still move my head, uh, still be immersed in that specific environment and... You can you make know.
0: yourself look whoever you want, though. So yeah, right?
1: oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would assume it depends on the coding of that specific yeah, game or program or whatever. But what the metaverse is is saying, so essentially, the world around us disappears, and we enter a different world in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. Um That's being essentially kind of projected to us. I guess would be maybe a, a good way to to illustrate that point. But I think it's interesting because, you know, I've I've always thought to myself like. Like, for instance, go anywhere in the world right now and find a piece of property that isn't owned by someone, right? Like, this entire globe has property that's owned by someone, whether it's a government or a private entity, right? Like, America has public lands, quote-unquote, but they're owned by the government, right? Like, if you tried to put a house there, the government would tell you no, No. which means they own it Mm -hmm. because they have the rights to it. So I was sitting there, and I was thinking to myself, because you can do things like buy real estate in the metaverse. You can take your real dollars and buy a house in the metaverse. You can take your real dollars and buy a uh, you could buy a 3D headset to put on your 3D headset character in the metaverse. Like I mean, those are the kind of things. So that's kind of like the next place that money is kind of going. And, you know, our money is all digital currency now anyway. Mm-hmm. It's all a fiat currency anyway. So making that transition is not necessarily a far stretch of the mind. But where I get interested is it's easy for me to again, make a reference to Hollywood and like see the matrix, right? But uh, I don't think, at least in my lifetime, it's probably not going to go that far. I also look at, um, um, uh, what's the Disney show? Why am I drawing a blank? Ready Player One. No, the, the the little robot, the square robot, Wally? The, Wally, Wally, Wally. When when they're they're going, they have their screens in front of their faces, and mm-hmm. they're so fat, and they're riding around on their little carts, and and, yep. and they have to fall off the carts and see each other to make that make that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I fear because, like for instance, let's take a parallel to a real world thing, something that actually exists. Microtransactions. Microtransactions are like so when you download Call of Duty, Call of Duty's free, right?
0: But you buy the Call you, of Duty you coins buy, Yeah, or you buy the skins. skins
1: or Fortnite. Fortnite's free. You buy V-Bucks, mm-hmm. m- microtransactions. So rather than companies selling you this like $50, 60 game, they, they se- give you the game, quote-unquote, give you the game free, but then they make significantly more money because it's easy for people to go, oh, $3.99? Yeah, I can spend $3.99. Oh, $0.99 on this? I can spend $0.99. There are people that literally have an addiction to those microtransactions, yep. the same way people have addictions to gambling, and addictions to other things, it and was, they are literally tens of thousands of dollars in debt because they have credit cards from those microtransactions.
0: It's wild, like, and they are fun, like little things you can add in those games, like you're like, ooh, I want this next best skin, and like even like I caught got caught in that trap a little bit, like as I was phasing out of video games, like I could get back on. And, like, I'd want to be caught up with all the rest of the guys, you know, and yeah, have right. the cool shit. And Keeping be like,
1: up with the Joneses. Like, like, you're doing people doing real life. Like,
0: oh, I've got to buy all these COD points so I can catch up and got the cool <laughs> skins and guns like these guys and buy the battle pass. And it's like, oh, shit, I just spent $100. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Uh,
1: I, I worked overtime one time, and I told my wife, I was like, I just made, like, 900. Or, no, I did a computer job. And I made almost a grand off that computer job. And I told my wife, cause, cause I'd been wanting to for a while in this game. I was playing, they had a pack for 150 bucks mm-hmm. and it had a bunch of stuff in it that equated to a whole bunch of fucking nothing, right? I yeah. mean, like I, I don't play that game anymore and that money's now gone. Yep. But like it's something I wanted, but I did that one time after planning and talking to my wife about it and then making that purchase. And so I see, you know, another form of addiction potentially where people can then be because let's say you make your character and you essentially get catfished in the game and you're sending people money and things like that that's another way of establishing relationships that don't actually really exist yeah um i mean but we
0: saw this in RuneScape when we were kids
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you know this isn't me trying to vilify it and saying like oh i'm i'm against it and there should be a ban against it it's just like anything and everything in life. It has to be done with moderation. Yep. And as long as you can do that with the moderation, as long as you can put it down, like for instance, um, you know, my 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 kids, you know, I they're at the point in their life where I am the moderator. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, okay, you're done. <clears throat> Go to bed. Or the computer has a timer on it that I've set that it shuts off. And I want to set those those in. But once they get the freedom, right?
0: When they turn eighteen and move once out, once they get the they freedom, can...
1: they have to hold themselves accountable. And so, as long as you can do anything in moderation, I think it's cool. I yeah. think if you can look at it through the lens that you need to look at it through, I think it's cool. Um, so, but but there are things like what it's you a see slippery in Wally slope. yeah, um, because because it's like like you and I, like we could choose to stay here and podcast for the next two to three hours, but mm-hmm. both you and I have to be up early. Yep. so we know that we have to do this podcast with moderation. So I think that's the big key to the metaverse. And, and you know, really watching what you're spending. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if this gives you true enjoyment from this world, because let's face it, this world right now, Andy said it on his story. I swear I fucking mentioned this guy on every damn podcast. But Andy said it on his story, and then I started doing some research on uh, uh, secondary traumatic stress, which I'd like to talk about a little bit before we sign off, is if you use that to get away from this world and have true enjoyment have true decompressed time and that gives your brain relaxation and you can do it with moderation hell yes do it because we need more focused more cognizant more capable people in our nation than i think we ever have before Mm -hmm. more than the world wars in my opinion yeah because i think there's world war is being fought right now, but just on technology. It's so. hundred
0: percent because it's just like with the way our technology is in the metaverse and everything you know, like, everything in that is positive, you know? So that's where real life is tough, you know, like everything, like on social media, you see the positive shit and video games. It's like, I mean, obviously like you can die and lose all your stuff and, but you get to restart all from the beginning, you know? So there's really no, like, and a lot of times you're back to the same point in a couple of days. So there's really no, I don't know. Consequence? Consequence. Yeah, that's what I was looking for in that situation. And that can cause all sorts of anxiety because there's consequences in real life, you know? And when people... And if you can
1: escape that for a little bit, go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you can't, then, I mean, which, I, I don't know, there's a lot of people that can't. and I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of and of like like Andy says there's a lot of like the government wants us to be fat and unhealthy and on the computer and TV all the time you know cuz then they could control us essentially um and that's just scary to me you know cuz then we don't think about think on our own and that's just another slippery slope we're going down
1: yeah you good yep okay uh, so another one that is, so there was another one about wanting us to talk about men's mental health. Uh, I'm going to, if you're okay with that, I just kind of like to table that one because I, Janine, I tagged Janine in that one mm-hmm. and she basically said name a time cause she's got her own practice and stuff now. Yeah. So hopefully she's got some time, extra I'm time. I'm sure she would. Um, so like maybe after Bill Howard, we can schedule her, mm-hmm. um, so, another one that is a little lighter uh, was who is your favorite coach and why? I didn't have many coaches growing up. So, when we go first, yeah, 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 Cool, because you already answered the question when I prepped you for this.
0: Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of really good coaches in my time. All I mean, shoot from third grade to when I was, what, 22?
1: <laughs> I think I've had more good coaches than I've had bad. So that's what makes it tough to choose.
0: And a lot of them have been, um, not necessarily like a great like X's and O's football coach, but you know they were good men in my life or women, and just having those influences like have helped shape me to who I am. You know, um, I mean my dad, he was my first coach, one of my first my first coach football coach was my uncle. Two of my cousins, um, three of my cousins, sorry. The Hutch Green Lightning tackle football, third grade. He was my, uh, first coach and he ended up passing away a couple of years after. Um, he coached me. Um, but he was one of my first coaches and like got me into football and this and that. And then my dad was my coach and he, he instilled a lot of the obviously hardworking, like, mentality that I have today, Um but he also was a good coach in saying, like, you know, like, he was the head football coach for two years for my football team, and most of the time in fifth and sixth grade, if your kid is playing football, and you're the head coach, your kid's going to be the quarterback, you know, or a running back or something, and he's like, nope, my kid's slow and unathletic, he's going on the offensive line, and he knew from a young age that I was going to be a decent old lineman, so... Um, and then, like in college, I would say my favorite, not necessarily favorite, the coach I learned the most from would be Chuck, just because he was just a stand-up Christian man, and the way he managed a whole team of diverse individuals was just amazing to me and brought us all together to win a championship and, you know, just form that brotherhood for us, and he was one of my all-time favorite coaches, so...
1: Um, so for me to answer the question, I, I had this like all planned out and today at work, actually the last several days at work have been rough. Like, so to, to, to illustrate a quick point, a little, you know, the old school floppy drives, the hard ones, the hard (coughs) floppy drives that you would put into a computer. Mm -hmm. That's 1.44 megabytes in order to fill one point (coughs) and make it over there. Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, in order to fill 1.44 megabytes of data with text is 500 pages in a word document Mm -hmm. to illustrate a point. I, I have since I'm working, I'm working a crime in my jurisdiction that one of the things I got was 140 megabytes of text, 140 megabytes of text. So basically take 500 times 140 and that's how many pages of stuff I'm going through. And, and then just today was a day of fighting at work where people couldn't get along—not like like with employees, but like domestic violences. And I responded to a guy, you know, shooting a gun in the air and things like that at his domestic and stuff like that. And so it's a full moon. There's fucking was, werewolves out. <laughs> so it was an interesting day. So I illustrate that point because my favorite coach—I cannot remember his first name—to save my life—and <laughs> I had the answer to this—and he was a, a baseball coach. And the reason that I remember. Um, when it came to, cause, cause baseball was my sport. I didn't do football. Baseball was my sport. And his last name was Clark and he owned superior graphics in, uh, lions, Kansas. So if you were listening to this, please comment his name. I can't remember it to save my life. And you know, he, his son is Blaine Clark and Brooks Clark. And I cannot remember his name, but, uh, his mom's name is Suzanne or his wife's name is Suzanne, but I still can't remember this dude's name. So, um, and, and, and a lot of people didn't really like him. Um, I've never heard really people, anybody talk kind of uh, like fondly of him. But what I remember was, num- number one, we were a damn good baseball team. Like we, we won first. We had no problem ever winning a game, mm-hmm. ever. And And I remembered playing. So it wasn't just his kids that played. He took a genuine interest in us. And I remember specifically one time. Uh, sliding, a kid slid into first base and, you know, keeping in mind at this time, I'm like 10 maybe or less ish somewhere in that area. And a kid slid into first base, which at first he was like, you don't slide into first base. Um, and the second thing was the kid had hurt his knee or something, you know, was doing the whole crying thing. And he was like, you know, Hey, pain's only temporary. Like it'll hurt for a little bit, get up and then it'll go away. And that. For me, worked and resonated because I was just think I I, sitting there as a kid thinking, you know what he's right. Like I don't like pain. I remember pain, but I remember (laughs) like I know that pain goes away. Mm -hmm. Like I have it for a little bit, and that was kind of a little bit of a turning point. And I remember being so proud to go to games and so happy to go to games because I knew we were good. I knew we'd put in the work, and like he invested in us. He he taught each and every one of us. Not just his kids. Didn't favor just his kids. And um, I remember that year I was asked to be on an all-star team because of just the things that I'd learned and done and stuff like that. Of just they put a bunch of the the really good kids together. And that was a lot of fun as well because we'd placed first. And I remember going to the award ceremony at the Lions High School and getting paid. Or getting uh getting the blue ribbon for first place, and I remember hanging that on my wall and being very happy with that because we worked for it and we accomplished it and and I just remember him as kind of like a standout coach when it comes to baseball, mm-hmm. um you know and and it's interesting because you know uh even even Felicia's like taken some of those same things and just the way she says things or the way she handles things like there are times that she does piss me off. Um, and I know that I piss her off, but you know, I have no problem saying my, speaking my mind on it and stuff like that, but
0: yeah. And I mean, a good athlete, um, is going to push their coach to be, get, be better. And that's going to piss a coach off, you know, they're going to, it's going to challenge them and a good coach is going to push an athlete and piss an athlete off. It's just part of the,
1: well, and sometimes I think it's hard to remember that she's dealing with her life and life things. On top of trying to coach you, which is different from coaching me, which mm-hmm. is different from coaching Heather, which is different from coaching Fatima, which is different from coaching Angie, as well as being coached. Yep. So, um, you know, th- there's no way to give 100% to each and every one of us. But um, also, she said that people were asking about how she did at the powerlifting contest, like people were hitting her up in the gym, or listen to the podcast. So if you're listening, she set state records in every lift that she did and did really well. Uh, which I had no, I knew she was going to do because yeah. I watched her put in the work in the gym. So she did good.
0: She's competing in another one in two yeah. weeks now, three weeks now.
1: <laughs> I remember, okay, I didn't tell you this because I haven't seen you. After she got done with a squat and she came up there because she did, so she did her first squat, which was a state record weight. Um, And she got that and she got three white lights or I think she got two white lights. And she got it. And then she came up for her second one, which was another state record weight. And you could tell she was nervous because it was only her second one Mm -hmm. and everything. And when she got it, she got three white lights. She walked away from the platform and she came over to me. And she goes, she had this like like puffed up feeling. And she's like, this is like a drug. (laughs) And I was like okay i'm in danger i was like okay well i mean i guess if power man spe- or a power lifting speaks to you because she likes that i i would not like power no it I, does i have no want to compete in power well if you have to have 200 pages of rules i'm not interested no but to her she's a perfectionist she loves that like no. that is amazing to her so so that's why she's back at it because it's it's like a drug to her so uh another question and then we can start to wrap it up because we're at 30 minutes was uh from a friend of mine uh, Turner and he said, Where were you on 911 and its impact on your life you first
0: Well, I think I was in kindergarten uh, actually I know I was and I still remember like it happening It was probably one of my earliest memories honestly
1: are we that how old are you again 26 Jesus man we are that far apart Christ. I am so old.
0: I, yeah, I, Go ahead. I remember sitting on the floor in my living room, like, I don't know, probably playing Legos or something or with Pokemon cards or something like that. But I remember, like, watching it on TV. Fucking nerd. And, like, my mom was there, and she was watching, and I remember her just being kind of freaking out, and, like, I saw him fall and saw the dust clouds, and I remember asking my mom, I was like, "Is there, are the dust clouds going to get to us, Mom? Should we be worried, you know, like i that's just it was a stupid, little kid question, but like I remember that well,
1: to you, it was very tangible, yeah that was well do do you know of any ways that it like affected you afterwards?
0: Mm, not that I remember, you know, like looking back, like I just don't remember things changing at school and this and that, and the the way the country came together, like that's all just from things that I've heard and read and I just don't remember that. The post nine eleven, you don't coming yeah. together.
1: Well, you basically were you grew up in the post nine eleven era, mm-hmm. essentially, pretty much because I, mean, I was I was five. Yeah, so like like worldview and politics were no, nowhere near your 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 frame of reference. Yeah. Well, okay. So from an old man's perspective, I was actually in band class when the first towers got hit. And we had no idea. We were completely in the dark because we're all in band, and it wasn't like they made some like school-wide announcement or anything like that. But I do remember second hour. We all came in and we're completely oblivious because you know just another day, and we're, we're completely oblivious as we are walking in, and they've they've got TVs in there. And I remember specifically like the teacher saying, "We've been told that we we don't have to do instruction today." Like we're and we spent every single class hour glued to that tv yeah. every class hour we moved every classroom to the different classroom that we had and we watched the coverage of the twin towers and just,
0: just think like if that would have happened today you know like it probably took a while for that to get out like not like hours and hours but like it would be seconds and it'd be on my phone yeah you know like i'd be sitting in class. looks well, like that beirut explosion yeah Mm-hmm. honestly, it wouldn't, it'd probably be like a emergency notification. Yeah. You know, they'd push it to us and we'd all know within seconds.
1: Well, and, and also like that was back in the day with the, the big, bad Motorola Razor. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the phone at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the notifications weren't necessarily the same. The technology wasn't necessarily the same, but I do remember every single channel was on nine eleven. every one of them. Yep. Their home shopping network wasn't doing home shopping. They were doing 911 coverage. Yep. They were feeding like something like CNN or Fox News or whatever was doing it at the time. I don't remember if they were they were called those at the time, but they they were not covering home shopping anything. Um every channel was on that. And then also another thing of uh, I that has never been seen before that was interesting was you know, all tra- air travel in the nation was grounded. Shut down. Never happened again, before ever again. Yeah. Uh, To the, t- so far. And so that was that was interesting. Um, But I, I would say my perspective post 9-11 is one thing that, <laughs> you know, I, I get at the time of, of how it was sold, you know, with the Patriot Act and everything. And everybody was all on board because the nation was more united than it ever had been. Mm-hmm. So it was united in that sense of like, yeah, let's catch the bad guys, right? I mean, that made sense. It was like Pearl Harbor. And it was like my generation's Port Harbor. Yep, uh, I should say our, because you were alive at the time. Um, and so I, I I remember them being galvanized. The Patriot Act coming around, and there were a lot of people that were kind of like, eh, "Are you sure?" And then now that I'm in the world that I'm in now, I'm like, "Oh yeah, those people were right." <laughs> um, and and that's for a topic for another another podcast. Is you know that whole thing, and you know whether your rights are violated, et cetera, but. Um, it was interesting how people said "never forget," yet they they've they've forgotten. Yeah. I mean, the, the the country is more divided than I can remember it being in my lifetime, uh, and it may have been in other times too. But you know that that I mean, level it of definitely unity was during
0: race riots and that yeah. stuff, and the yeah, sixties. Yeah,
1: well, and like I said, during my lifetime that I can remember, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying ever, yeah. Um, but uh, you know first responders of every kind were absolutely loved we could do no wrong mm-hmm. period like you'd think that like if if it happened right now and i were in that time and i were a cop in that time that i was at nine eleven during the, the the world trade center and i was some hero yeah. like there you there could be no wrong done so that was interesting. But the thing that's... sounds like you can't do anything right. <laughs> the thing that I have... You know, I actually have pretty decent support in Sterling. And in just Rice County in general. Yeah. I can't complain there. Thankfully, I don't live on one of the coasts. Um, but I think the thing that I saw change the most was... If you looked at New York City Police Department prior to 9-11, they had, like, wheel guns, revolvers. They had revolvers, mixed match equipment, mixed match uniforms... Nobody, nobody really had anything, uh, old patrol cars, old equipment, old radio systems. Um, and as a result of that, like their, their, their radio system was absolutely just, it was worthless. Yeah. Like they, they couldn't get anything done, period. And even in today's radio systems, it would still be inundated, but it's better. Yeah. Um,
0: how does that work? Like when something like that happens, everybody's on this radio network. Mm hmm. Do you, have radio silence, so that only certain people can talk, or how does I mean because I mean you got thousands of cops in that area that are trying to talk to each other,
1: yeah, uh well it, first things first when when to answer your question, when the shit hits the fan, it's an absolute radio shit show mm-hmm. um, there is no such thing as silence, everybody wants to talk, everybody's got something important to say, et cetera. So in in those big instances like that, incident command is a big deal. Or like, so
0: say like something more comparable for us is like when there was the shootings in Sterling. You know, yeah, I'm right. sure the radios were just going fucking insane.
1: They were, they were, and and, and those the first shooting, uh, we had our our VHF radios, and now we have 800. So basically, think of a self. We have a cell phone. Yeah. For a radio now, essentially the, f-
0: the first one. I mean, it was you were having to talk to firefighters and everybody. So right? yeah,
1: so so none of it was encrypted. We didn't have like specific frequencies for specific things, etc. So a lot has changed on that. So like for instance, our region is in the South Central Nine region. Um, there's FEMA regions. We are in the South Central Nine region of Kansas. So when a big incident happens, like Corey shooting, we switched over to sc 9 PSAP, which is South Central Nine. That's our region. PSAP means Public Safety Access Point. And then all of us can, like, we can talk anywhere in the state to anyone in the state to anyone coming in from anywhere in the state. Yeah. But inside that SC9 region, there's like an LEO frequency, there's a fire frequency, there's an EMS frequency, there's an emergency management frequency, so on and so on and so on and so on. so on. Mm -hmm. So then you can even break it out even further. And then once the once it evolves into something else, you can break it out even further. So say like Katrina happens where you have a law enforcement presence. That's doing like roving patrols and groups for long periods of time. You can actually assu- assign like if you, me and two other law enforcement officers got together, we, we could have our own talk group to where we could communicate with not only each other, but back to like a command post. So you can even break it out even further. So to back on point, um, the thing that I saw the most was the federal dollars that came down to, um, like first responders and and stuff like that. Like if you look at New York City now, they all have glocks, they all have the same equipment, they all have similar cars, they all have the same uniforms. Would that
0: would have been a countrywide <clears throat> deal? Like Yeah. Across I mean the, the grant with?
1: funding that came down to public safety was insane. Yeah. And and the access to money to buy things was insane um there there were pretty much wasn't anything you couldn't buy at that time yeah. with with government money and
0: i mean another big thing that changed that just off the top of my head was like airport security you know like beforehand you could basically walk on a plane and get patted down maybe
1: yeah and, and i'm not sure that we really solved much of anything other than violating people's rights with that but whatever yeah i mean uh, the guys took the guys took the plane hostage with box knives i mean if you truly think about it if 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 you're a true warrior. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get cut. And could you be killed with a poc- box knife? 100%. Mm-hmm. But all, mainly only if they hit like a jugular. Like if they hit your neck area. They're going to have to hit the neck area to kill me. Yep. Um, because it's not going to penetrate and get my heart. You might be able to get maybe some of the arteries in my arms. Things like that. Yeah. But I'd much rather go up against a box knife than like a pocket knife you know, something like that, or even uh, some, something that has a longer blade, but if, if at face value, if those dudes would have just been confronted with enough people from the very get go, I think that that could have ended differently. Yeah. You know, if you had a bunch of, of warriors in a garden versus gardeners in a war, you know, our, our world is full of more sheep than there sheep than there are wolves or sheepdogs. People that just go about living their lives. And this isn't me. Please don't misconstrue this, if you're listening, as me talking shit on those people that are in the airplanes or that were on the towers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking from a pure, like, just combative stance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot changed on there. And, and you, you know, I, I don't know that we really solved much. I mean, the shoe bomber got on the plane. So, I mean, you know, it, it's still going to happen. Yep. Um I and, and also you don't ever really see it support like I mean, reported of like here's all the things we kept off of the plane. <laughs>
0: like It's like in my opinion it's like gun control. And I mean you do see that. Like you walk through airport security and they've got a picture of every gun they've confiscated trying to get through security. But most yeah, but of it in most, of, those and are most of the that, signs it says don't forget to take your concealed carry out of your pocket. You know.
1: <laughs> well, but that's just the thing too. Is is they tout that like a badge of honor, like it was. It was a person that, like for me, I forget. Like for instance, the, the gun that's on my ankle right now, I wasn't thinking about it until just now. Yeah. Like it. It was just just a piece of me. Like, like it's like my wallet.
0: If you had to hop on a plane an emergency situation and go, you're gonna forget about that guy. Yeah, and I
1: could go to fucking prison for it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's most like ninety nine point nine repeating percent of those guns were confiscated because they forgot. Yeah, I mean it wasn't a terrorist trying to board a plane and do bad things. So um, I think uh, I mean we're coming up on forty minutes. I think I'll leave the secondary traumatic stress for a different time. Works for me. Um, but you know we covered up. Uh, I think we covered all the questions. Let me make sure so I don't leave anybody out because last time I got shit for leaving somebody out even though I didn't leave them out. So we got nine eleven. We've got favorite coach, men's mental health, the metaverse, work-life balance, and the NFL season. I think that's it. Covered it all. We got her. Got her done. Thanks for the input, everybody. I appreciate it. And we got to everybody, so that pretty much wraps it up for tonight. Nate and I have to be up pretty early, so I think we'll sign off, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. Don't forget to... Check us out at www.thehigherpoints.com on Instagram at The Higher Points or on Facebook at The Higher Points Podcast. Uh, Don't forget, we're renting the studio out to anybody that maybe wants to start a podcast, doesn't know kind of how or have the equipment or have the means of the money. We'll be more than happy to uh, rent out our studio space so that you can uh, accomplish your goals. Coming up uh, next week, we'll have uh, Bill Howard back on. We're going to discuss leadership more in depth as well as um the Uvalde school massacre since the Texas House Committee released their interim report on that mm-hmm. and discuss some uh, some failures and maybe also shed some light on why things were done the way they were, because after reading it, I was kind of like, hmm, as a law enforcement officer being boots on the ground and dealing with situations, I kind of get why they did what they did. I'm not saying it's right, but I can get why they did what they did yeah. from a from a purely logical standpoint. So and then after that, hopefully we'll have Janine, hint, hint, Janine, if you're listening, hint, hint. Okay, after next week, hint, hint. (laughs) So uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, guys.